This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Friday, June 2nd. I'm Julia Caulfield. And I'm Gavin McGough. In today's headlines, Marshall's Department highlights crisis response training. First Farmer's Market reigns in the summer season. Telluride Chamber Music searches for love and justice. And a mountain weather forecast. But first, the San Miguel County Sheriff's Office has become aware of a number of spoofing calls in the county over the past several days. Spoofing is a scam where a caller falsifies information to disguise their identity, in this case making it appear as though they're calling from the Sheriff's Office. The Sheriff's Office warns residents if they receive a call from the office, request the name of the deputy, badge number, and phone number. Then call dispatch to confirm if the officer is a member of the Sheriff's Office. The Sheriff's Office encourages the community to be diligent and stay safe. Law enforcement is often first on the scene in a crisis scenario. You'll be out wandering around, you see someone who looks like they need help. Often law enforcement is the first one's called. We may not be the right ones, we may not have all the resources to help that person because it may not be a criminal event, but we're the ones who are getting called and we are the ones who are first on scene. That's Telluride Deputy Marshal Jimmy Moody. Recently, Moody, along with Deputy Marshal Brunner Hill, attended a crisis intervention training to gain more skills on how to safely, compassionately, and effectively engage with individuals who have special needs, whether they be physical, cognitive, or emotional. Moody again. So how do we render a scene safe? How do we get the appropriate resources, identify what those are. Next week, Moody and Hill will host an event at the library to share and gather information on what the community needs. This is us opening a dialogue with the community to see what are those resources that our community members might need um, so we can cater a very personal response uh, to know what an individual's specific triggers might be, what are soothing or stemming techniques that they use, who are great contacts for adults or trusted members of the community that we could reach out to if we need to get them back in touch with someone. Hill notes a town like Telluride allows for more individualized response to exist. We live in such a tight-knit community, a small enough community, that we actually have the ability to tailor our response to these individuals' needs. Um, and if we have that ability, you know, we we pride ourselves on being part of the community and, and uh, trying to have as healthy and effective responses therein. Hill says the event itself will really be what the community makes of it. You know, it's going to be up to the community and the individuals that show up. You know, what, what can we do? What do you want to talk to us about? What can we explain to you? Um, so it's just going to be really informal, but whether you just want to show up and you know, even if you don't have any questions or someone in your life, but you're just curious what our training was and what our responses will be, it can be that. Or if you do have someone in your life that might have special needs and you want us to be aware of something really specific of like, hey, you know, for example, my child uh, stems like this or doesn't like physical con- contact, you know, we can we can talk about that. The deputies note the conversation is another step for the marshal's department working towards community-centered policing. We're asking for direct feedback. We're saying, hey, how can we serve you better? Because at the end of the day, we're here for you. We can say that, but if we're not soliciting feedback or input from them, then how do we know we're, we're rising to that occasion and we're actually doing what we're saying we're doing? And I don't know where this meeting will lead, but 
that's kind of the point of having it because, you know, it might just be, you know, uh, where we meet one-on-one with parents or, you know, children or it might be a monthly meeting from now on, but we won't know until we try new things. The crisis intervention training event will take place at the Wilkinson Public Library next Tuesday, June 6th from 4.30 to 5.30 p.m. The event is free and open to the community. Weather was the topic of conversation at the first Telluride Farmers Market of the 2023 season. So it's beautiful, it's sunny, it is raining. Uh, we drove through some snow on the way to get here from Cortez, and we're having a good day. A little bit of everything. Yeah, just about what we expected. I was just going to say, you know, nice, beautiful morning, and then it rains for a couple minutes, and now it's even more beautiful than it was before, so how do you like that? Um, but it's great to be back in Telluride. No better place to set up and sell, you know. That's Tim Stubbs of the Pie Maker Bakery in Cortez, Colorado, followed by a farmer who identified himself as Gus, with Abundant Life Organics, down from Hotchkiss. Spread out below the Abundant Life tent are onions, zucchinis, basil, bags of new potatoes, strawberries, and the other treasures of the early season market. Outside the tent, in the matter of just a few minutes on Friday morning, the weather could slip from rain to sun to sleet. But for Eli, who was peddling pies with the pie maker, the fickle weather couldn't dampen the mood of the year's inaugural market. It's, you know, a great market. People are super friendly. It's, you know, everyone, well, not everyone, a lot of people are on vacation, right? So there's a high vibe, people having a good time. Uh, The pie maker is well loved, I hear, uh, definitely by the other folks who are selling here as well as the locals. We see a lot of folks year after year. Um, So it's always a hoot to be here. The mood across the way at the flower stand was similarly bright. My name is Molly Moore, and I'm here with Zephyros Farm and Garden. Uh, We're a flower farm out of Paonia. And what are uh, the particular delights of this early season? So many delights. The delightful uh, spring flowers are like unlike any other flowers that we grow in the season you know um like this beautiful stalk right here that's this like blush color and the ranunculus that's like all sorts of rainbows of colors um you know you only get that in the springtime here so my name is kelsey jackson i run the waffle stand with sean wilson what stands out about the Telluride Farmer's Market for you? It's where everybody comes together. You get the tourists over here, you get a bunch of locals, and it brings, yeah, it really just brings everybody together. It's a cool spot for everybody. And we, we strive to serve the highest quality of ingredients and make the best waffle in town. I don't know, we thought it was going to snow today, but it feels good to be back. Waves of shoppers roll through, chasing the moment of sun to grab a pastry and catch up with the old, familiar scene. Shopper Ava Halpert was glad to be back. Everyone's here, it looks like. We've got our flowers, um, some local greens, our baked goods, jewelry, everything. It's just nice. But we like to stroll, it's social, see friends. Denise Weaver has been one of those market standbys for some 10 years now, selling skincare goods as Smart by Nature, and she sits on the market steering committee. In a decade of markets, she's seen a lot of weather. It's been good today, and last year it was warmer at this time of year, and we were real busy. So it used to be it'd be the low 30s, 
every first couple weeks of June and now it's a lot warmer but I do have my gloves and my hat and my <laughs> winter coat still on <laughs> just don't back up you're gonna get water all over your head from the tent since it just stopped raining up and down the block anticipation for summer is high whenever it plans to come Here's Molly Moore back at the Zephros flower stand. Hopes for the season? Oh man, that we're just busy, busy, busy. Everybody come and see us. The Telluride Farmer's Market runs June through October every Friday on Oak Street from 10.30 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. Rain or shine. Right here. Strawberry cheesecake? Strawberry cheesecake. In 1805, Ludwig von Beethoven wrote Fidelio, his only opera. The simple story of a man imprisoned by a tyrant, Pizarro, He's imprisoned in a dungeon. His wife thinks he's in there, thinks he's in there and trapped and has no way out and dresses as a man to get a job in the prison to save him. She does that successfully and uh, the opera ends happily ever after. That's Carrie Candelay, director of the film Love and Justice in the footprints of Beethoven's rebel opera. Candelay will be in Telluride next week with the Telluride Chamber Music for a screening and Q&A of the film. While the film does explore Beethoven's opera itself, it also explores another story, this one taking place in Chile. I found a parallel story, an uncanny parallel story in Chile that, that kind of recreates the Fidelio's opera story. There was a woman, her name is Maria Belen Espinosa Peña, whose grandfather was killed, murdered after the coup in 1973. He was a conductor, a composer, a founder of a children's orchestra, and he was rounded up by the military and executed. Now Espinosa Peña dresses as her grandfather, using her art form of buto to tell his story. She tells his story of creating the children's orchestra, the story of Chile during military attack against the democratic institutions of its time. She tells the story of his arrest, execution, and essentially resurrection as she brings him back. She brings his memory back, saves him in a sense, saves him from the forgetting of history. She brings him back to us 
As part of the film screening, Telluride Chamber Music will provide pre-show entertainment. And that's going to be music for flute, violin and piano with um, myself, Annika Dean and Travis Fisher. And then the movie's going to start around 7 o'clock um, and we'll follow that with a Q&A with the filmmaker Kerry. That's Claire Beard, director of Telluride Chamber Music. She says she hopes the event offers yet another way for modern audiences to connect with classical music. I think the amazing thing about classical music is that even though this music was written so long ago, so this music that the film is based on was written in the early 1800s, but it still stays so relevant because the emotions and everything else behind it are still just as much a part of today as they were then. Um, and it's kind of fascinating because I guess classical music in in its day was the form of pop music because that was what people went to listen to to be entertained. Um, so, yeah, it isn't supposed to be this elitist thing for a start. Um, and I think today it's, it can just be a little release from everyday life and all the struggles and pressures that we have. Um, and it's just a beautiful art form in that way. The screening of Love and Justice will take place on Monday, June 5th at the Nugget Theatre. Music begins at 6.30 with the film at 7. Tickets are available at telluridechambermusic.org. San Miguel County residents can get a local ticket deal using the code 5OFF. Construction work at the county offices on the east end of town will disrupt traffic on Colorado Avenue early next week. The work involves window replacements at the county offices in the Miramonte building, located between Fir and Aspen streets on the north side of Main Street. County staff, with the exception of the public health department, will be working remotely while the upgrades are ongoing. The majority of the disruptions will occur on Tuesday of next week, when work will close the sidewalk and equipment will affect parking and traffic patterns. Traffic guards will be on hand to direct pedestrians and vehicles in the area. The planned work should be wrapped up come Wednesday. It is the wild west out there, or at least it will be next week. The Sheridan Arts Foundation is hosting its annual Wild West Fest, June 4th through 10th. The week-long event provides young people from across the country, this year coming from Alabama, Texas, New Mexico, and Colorado, the opportunity to try their hands at things like fly fishing, rock and roll, dance, and ranching. But in addition to experiences for young people, the Wild West Fest has a number of events for the community. In honor of its 30th anniversary, the Arts Foundation is hosting a Wild West Fest Roundup on Friday, June 9th, with free family events like face painting, a nickel drop, Butch Cassidy reenactments, and stagecoach and buggy rides. Also on the 9th, there will be an art opening with local artist Molly Perot. Finally, there will be Nights of Music. Big Head Todd and the Monsters will perform a concert at the Sheridan Opera House on Thursday, June 8th. 
615 Collection will play the Opera House on Friday, June 9th. Tickets for the concerts are available at SheridanOperaHouse.com. One of the draws of living in a place like Redstone, Colorado, and many parts of the Western Slope, is the proximity to nature. Views of the naturally flowing Crystal River are clear, and many families and businesses enjoy the scenery and recreation that come with living so close to the water. However, property and personal safety can sometimes be at risk due to the unpredictable yearly runoff. KDNK's Haddison Rensbury stops by while cautious residents prepare for the worst. That sound is sand, purchased by the Redstone Water and Sanitation District, being shoveled, pushed, and pulled into large white bags. Recently, residents of Redstone, Colorado, came together and made over 1,500 bags to curb possible flooding along the Crystal River, and now they're making even more. Some volunteers shovel the sand, while others hold bags under funnels made of PVC, 2x4s, and even an old traffic cone. One organizer is Stephanie Helfenbein, who lives with her family along the river. I asked her about some of the team's makeshift tools. We searched up easier ways to do it, and we just cut 8-inch PVC in 18-inch lengths and beveled an end and scoop them. And these ones, some people put the bags in them and use them to hold the bags to standing up while they're filling. Have you guys done this before? Or is this sort of a new practice? We've lived in Redstone for 17 years, and this is the first time we've had to do this. Okay. And normally, who does this sort of thing? We haven't had to sandbag in a long time. Mm-hmm. And luckily, the, the weather's been kind of mild, so the river's going up and down, but um, we just didn't want to be caught red-handed and try to hurry to get this done. Mm-hmm. So we're hoping that we do all this work, we get the bag set, and nothing happens. For KDNK News, I'm Haddison Rensbury. Colorado voters narrowly approved a proposition last fall to decriminalize and regulate access to hallucinogenic mushrooms and some other plant-based psychedelics. Now, experts, advocates, and enthusiasts are gathering in Aspen for an all-day event about the natural medicines. Kaya Williams has more on the Aspen Psychedelic Symposium. Martha Hamill helps lead the Aspen Psychedelic Resource Center, which is co-producing the event with Aspen Public Radio and the Healing Advocacy Fund. She says the symposium is educational, giving people the right tools and information to make their own choices about natural medicine. There is a massive need for education about harm reduction, about safety, about ceremony, about the power of these medicines, about not just why they might be helpful, but why they could be harmful and why do them, why not do them. Four panel discussions plus a keynote from researcher Dennis McKenna are on the lineup, and the symposium will approach the topic from several different angles, including the medical, cultural, and spiritual roots of psychedelic medicine. It'll also take a look forward. One panel is titled, Where Do We Go From Here? From the Edless Neeson Arts and Culture desk. I'm Kaya Williams. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for rain tonight with a low near 40 degrees. Saturday calls for mostly sunny skies with a high near 60 and a chance of rain developing in the afternoon. Saturday night calls for partly cloudy skies with a low near 40 and a chance of rain showers ending early. Sunday calls for mostly sunny skies again with a high near 65 degrees followed by a cloudy night with a low near 40. 
This has been the news for Friday, June 2nd. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. And now, personal commentaries. Hey, this is Teresa at the Telluride Historical Museum with your Miner's Minute. You can join us at the museum for some collective effervescence at our summer reopening. The museum will reopen for normal operations on June 1st, and we will be open Monday through Saturdays, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. We're also going to start offering our historical walking tours, which are led by local guide Ashley, and those will be twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays, starting at 1 p.m. from the museum, and that also starts on June 1st, so you can book your tours now. Along with these walking tours, the museum is going to have several hike and history events planned, including a history of San Miguel City, a forage into wildflowers and edible plants, and finally, a look into the history of public lands in partnership with Sheep Mountain Alliance. We are also super excited to present our newest annual exhibit titled Festival Capital of the Rockies, 50 Years of Festivals in Telluride. This exhibit explores the vibrant history and culture of Telluride's festivals. Over the past 50 years, Telluride has become home to numerous festivals that celebrate the arts, music, film, and the outdoors. These events have become a defining characteristic of Telluride, attracting visitors from all over the world and contributing to the town's economic and cultural vitality. So our exhibit is going to showcase the evolution of those festivals in Telluride, featuring awesome memorabilia, photographs, behind-the-scenes stories, and more. Our visitors will have the opportunity to learn about the 50 years of the iconic Telluride Bluegrass Festival and Telluride Film Festivals, as well as the many other significant annual events that have helped shape Telluride's identity as the festival capital of the Rockies. Molly Daniel, our curator of collections and exhibits, points out that At the heart of all of Telluride's festivals are remarkable shared experiences where participants engage in a single purpose at the same time. Collective effervescence is the term for this, which perfectly describes the deeper reason why people come together to celebrate anything from jazz music to mushrooms. So our festival capital of the Rockies, 50 years of festivals in Telluride, will be open to the public with a free opening reception on Thursday, June 8th at 6 p.m. Refreshments are going to be provided and you're all welcome to come celebrate us. So we hope we see you there and be sure to mark your calendars for all the other fun historical events we have going on this summer. Thanks so much, Kodo. You're a rare medium. Well done. Hi, this is Douglas Tooley. It's June 2nd, 2023. I'm running for the Mountain Village Town Council. A huge motivation for my campaign is the way my voice has been shot down, not just in Mountain Village, but also at the county and town of Telluride. My situation here became completely untenable during the proposed medical center location in Mountain Village. Contrary to common perception, the reason this project failed was the proponent's attempt to do an end run around wetland regulations, for which they got caught. Yes, there were people in both Mountain Village and Telluride who sought to end the project, but yours truly got the worst of the retaliation. My proposed solution was the retention of the 10,000 square foot Telluride location and the construction of a smaller facility at the Mountain Village site with a smaller wetland mitigation. It's now eight years later and we are not even to the point where we were in Mountain Village. And the Med Center is in serious financial trouble losing $1.4 million over the last year. My fellow Mountain Village candidate and Telluride Hospital District board member, Allison McLean, 
along with Interim Chief Operating Officer Deanna Collicar, are stepping up to the challenge with a rescue bond effort. Here they are on May 26th at the Telluride Hospital District Board Meeting. The reality of it is we are still probably operating at a lot. On our work to aggressively review the budget and to evaluate some of our expense structure, that these things would need to happen parallel to each other. And I so, do agree that, you know, the, the premise that we have to clean our house is paramount in all of this. Show the public that we are responsible and we can go from losing 1.4 million to a profitable existence. Dr. Colliker continues with more of what needs to happen. Staff at all businesses in this town have been feeling it. So servers feel it, people who are working in hotels feel it. It's become kind of commonplace that it's okay to have bad behavior. And I guess I'm just standing up and saying, not in our house. We need to be real. This toxic rudeness infects our ability to make good decisions. Case in point, here's Dan Jansen, who oversaw the Mountain Village Med Center process as mayor, passing on some news from his fellow Southern California Republican, Chuck Horning, to Telski CEO, Bill Jensen, at the economic recovery meeting of July 11th. 2020. This regards the COVID maintenance of the golf course. Do you recall that one month later, Jensen would submit his resignation? Some of our members sometimes are critical, you may know. You all go through this all as a rumor mill. This is no offense to my friends at the county because we have a great working relationship, but I sent them the email chain that showed it was denied because they said, oh, we were just making it up. Short of posting that at every tea box or something, I don't know what to do. How rude is that, let alone the economic effects this decision will have. Thank you for listening. Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact a staff person here at KOTO. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.